bass, slidey bass, slidey bass, slidey bass, slidey bass, slidey bass, slidey bass. <laughs> I didn't lock down the wheels on this table. Audio people are going to be like, why are you being mean to Ryan? <laughs> the episode hasn't even started. I put my feet on the table and I didn't lock the wheels and it started to slide forward and all our water cups were shifting around. And this it was for, almost a disaster. This, for, this first ad was sent by Jason Welch. Why are we starting with an ad? I thought we were starting with the topic. What's the topic? Oh, are we starting with the topic? What's the topic? What's the news, Ryan? It's not news. It's a topic, Steve. It, it was suggested to us by, uh, by Joe Braga. Okay. Uh, this is the hot clickbaity thing we're opening with steve our pedals are limited edition pedals gatekeeping is it intentionally designed to keep pores from buying up these fancy pedals so that they sound worse her actual comment reads is inflatedly priced and limited pedals gatekeeping pedals keep going up and up and with prices over exclusives only allow for people who have the luxury to buy if you can buy sure awesome but does this drive up the rest of the pedal market as well i'm seeing two knob pedals selling for 250 or 350 now like a strymon cost only with a huge lack of options by comparison why you know it is interesting why like, like why when strymon first got on our radar mm -hmm. Like way, way back, even before we started podcasting, it was like, I can't believe these things are 350 bucks. I can't yeah. believe this pedal's $299. Can, can you imagine paying so much for a pedal? And now that's like kind of a standard price for a lot of pedals. Like the, it became the new normal. Um, and you do see that happening with the resale of limited edition pedals, like mm -hmm. limited art or pedals that are only made in short numbers. Like Boss just, they... <laughs> They put out the Wazicraft uh, Tone Bender, yeah, limited to three thousand, which sounds like a lot, three thousand. But it's for Boss. That's a that's, micro that's run. Nothing. That's a micro that's run. Only three times as many as uh, the the Bliss Factory. I yeah, think was a thousand. Yeah, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Bliss Factory was more than a thousand. But still, like three thousand seems like a small number. I thought it was going to be like ten thousand. But still. Like this limited edition thing is happening and it's driving up tons of prices in the used market for like collectability for some reason. Do you think that is keeping everyday musicians from achieving the tones that they should be able to achieve at a lower price? So I don't think this is gatekeeping in a it might be gatekeeping in a more abstract sense. I don't think it's gatekeeping in the same sense of like Oh, you you say you like Star Trek. Who's your favorite captain? Oh, your mm. your favorite captain's uh, uh, what's the new captain? I forget what the new captain's name is. Uh, oh, you say you love your family. Show me your top three favorite photo albums. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> your your fa oh your favorite captain's Janeway. Oh, uh. like. I, so I that's Kirk, I Picard or GTFO. So that, I mean that's what I kind of think of as gatekeeping as a classic fan. And then you throw Pike or, back or, in their face, or you know even like there is there is definitely gatekeeping in the music community. And oh so, for sure. And so far of people being like, oh you got a rat too, couldn't afford a rat, huh? I mean gatekeeping like, could you got a you got a squire, huh? Couldn't afford a, a real Fender. Gatekeeping could go any direction in the guitar gear like fandom world right though. like people people could be like oh cool another board full of strymons yeah i yeah, bet i bet you I just mean, play swells all day long yeah, cool that, I mean, that, that's definitely like a thing you know there yeah you okay got an itchy nose every once in a while i get one like mustache hair that decides oh to i hate up. that i hate that um yeah, I, I mean, there's a lot of different forms of gatekeeping, but I guess my thought is like, what what is price inflation is is goofy. It's just kind of goofy to me. Um, yeah, not the I not not that to say like price inflation could be gatekeeping. There's definitely like, um, and and that could even be an example of like reverse, like you you were saying, like almost like a reverse gatekeeping, where like oh. You bought a clon, huh? Where half the people are like, oh man, you got a clon. That's so cool. Like how much did you pay? And people freak out over it. Right. 
And then other people are like, oh, you bought a claw, huh? You're one of those people. Oh, you're someone who has $500,000 to throw around, huh? Is your last name Bonamassa? <laughs> you know? Right. Um, but then the flip side of that, again, is like, yeah. you know, the I, I guess the idea, the broader idea is that gatekeeping is always about, like, true um, gatekeeping, I, or I would say, like, Da- dangerous is dangerous start word the, the type Na- of gate can't got the kind of gatekeeping that matters yeah uh awesome awesome uh awesome cheap guitars is gatekeeping in a way that is kind of cool right it like, doesn't matter it's not saying you can't own something nice it's just don't talk about anything worth more than 500 dollars in right. this group that's the kind of gatekeeping that like i think is pretty inclusive because you can it starts from the bottom uh but when you're saying like oh you want to play metal huh you're like, oh, but you have a fender, you should have got a BC Rich. Like right. it's kind of like eh, you're not you're not doing yourself. I don't think anyone these days is calling a BC Rich as the know. metal guitar you know, to get. <laughs> yeah, I don't know a lot about metal. Right, right. Uh, Jackson, uh right. Schechter. I think still you're Whatever. not scratching the surface of what people want to hear from a metal the, guitar these the days. The limited pedals thing though, I think is interesting. I think there is kind of a uh there is some level of cool kids club. Uh, whether or not I would describe that entry into the cool kids club as gatekeeping, I don't know. But I don't think um, anyone's not going to have access to gigs, to joining bands, except for an extreme situation. Sure. Or to, sure. to getting music discovered that they've recorded because they couldn't afford, you know, like the the used value of, you know, like one of the pedals Josh Scott made in his basement as right, a limited run right. or, I, you know, the, the, the boss tone bender that sold out in a couple minutes at 300 something dollars. Oh, did it sell out? Yeah. It I, sold I mean, out I, before I, I was even awake and it wasn't even open to us distributors. Like it was I, all Europe. I didn't even, I didn't really follow it. And so I think that's, that actually might be what the core of this question is, right? Is was that two ninety nine or three ninety nine? Do you remember? Oh, the the tone bender. Yeah, the the boss one. Yeah, it was like three hundred bucks. What are you looking for? Oh, I'm not gonna take it off. So you've got a twin bender. Yeah, I've also got a park uh, somewhere over there by the so, by the a park. Also, the is park a, is also a tone bender by so, Earthquaker Devices. So and I, I think it's like one sixty or something. Yeah, well, it's one sixty for now. Right. Right. Well, and and what I mean, so I think that kind of, to me, that's what the core of this question is. Joe, tell me if I'm wrong. Uh, also, you can find all sorts of tone bender clones out there for dirt cheap made by all sorts of people. So can you, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. Every fuzz circuit, there's someone out there there's someone in your town making a tone bender sure, in a sure. plain metal box and you can probably buy it off of them but, for 75 but I bucks. Think there are, but at the, I think there are a lot of, you know, pedals that, uh, somebody makes a limited edition version of it and it drives up the price. Like I think this this boss thing, if like a twin bender, I don't know what the production numbers are um, for, for ramble effects. Um, I don't know, you know how easy it is to get one, go to their website, check it out. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if it's not easy to get one, then the boss frenzy could drive up the used market on that pedal. It could drive up the used market on all tone benders. Hmm. Right. Because it's such a popular thing. And so there is it. It's kind of it's almost like Jack White effect. If anything, though, like you think of the Klon, the Klon was super hard to get, super expensive. And because prices drove up on it and it became so hard to get. Right. It it spawned a billion Klon clones. Right. And it made the circuit so easy to get that anyone could have a clon clone but the now. prices of clones are still going up but you don't need to buy the original clon to have that like the gatekeeping is is it doesn't matter anymore because you can still get that sound at a dirt cheap price if you want to go just go get a soul food you I know think the other side of that though is and the soul food is the perfect example what year did that pedal come out it must have been like 2015 or something like that right so basically uh it took 20 years for someone but to the come hype out. the hype wasn't there yet you know the hype has been around for a pretty long time i don't Maybe think like, i had heard of a clon until like probably 2012 2013 or something really? yeah that I had, was one of the first pedals josh scott got in trouble for <laughs> 
right. I, I definitely remember hearing about Klons when people were like selling them like north of five hundred dollars. Right, people right. People were like, "Oh man, I I should have gotten one of those back in the nineties. I could I could be doubling up right now." Right, right. Um. So I, you know, I think that that's part of it too. Is there are some pedals that, that eventually catch up, but for a, for some of these, you know, I, I mean, I don't think that I don't think the price of you know, most pedals the you know, the, the people that buy the super expensive ones, it's because there's something that scratches like their nerdy itch with right. it. And you can, you can still get those sounds or approximations of the sounds with so many different budget options these days. I don't think it's gatekeeping at all. Nope. I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it's restricting anyone from achieving the sounds that are in their heads for the most part. Here's a weird thought. Uh-huh. Whenever Strymon comes out with a pedal at $300, which I don't know if they've done that in a while. Uh-huh. Um, but you know, whenever they do it, uh, given inflation, that pedal is actually cheaper. Right. Like the next time they come out with a, a compact a compact for Strymon delay at $300, it's going to actually be cheaper than the El Cap was. When the El Cap came out, yeah, totally. Or the you know, or or based whatever. on inflation, based on inflation, yeah. And I don't I think, know why. I think that that's really another matters. thing. It doesn't. We're seeing, we're seeing, you know, like I said earlier in this conversation, we're seeing that a lot of pedals are starting at two fifty, three hundred, right. and that's something we couldn't have imagined even when we started this podcast that that would be the norm. And and, and maybe that's the gatekeeping that's happening is that the that you used to be able to maybe dip your toes into the boutique game and what at what felt like a more reasonable price. Well, the, now, bo- the boutique game has changed sure. because it used to be, you know, hand-painted little boxes in bare metal enclosures with a couple knobs. And there would be like, oh, this is just something I make. And it's, you know, a little, it's a little tweaky different than right. a regular tube screamer. But it's, and now boutique is like, oh yeah, we put like this, uh, we put like six shark processors in this and you know, you can get 6,000 MIDI presets and stuff like that. Like it's changed. Like it's, it's a different game now for that, for that it is. But if anything, you know, depending on how you look at it, like more chips, does that mean it should be more expensive or less expensive? You're just hooking it up to your computer and going tapity tap 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 and boom, and then you to go tapity tap 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 tap, and instead of being a reverb, now you've got a chorus. Well, I think in the case of chips, I think more chips shouldn't change the price, but if you add guac, yeah, that should get more expensive. <laughs> guac is so expensive, <laughs> like an extra three bucks for like a little cup of guac. It's yeah, ridiculous. You know, an avocado only costs a buck. If you're if you're still overpaying at a grocery store, you, if you literally look around Southern California, you can find avocados, avocados for like ground. thirty five cents, fifty just, cents sometimes per avocado. But you go to you go to Chipotle, they want three dollars for guac. What are they doing? That's highway robbery. For, I'm loving it. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, sixty I, I, cycle. Yum. I think there's a, I think there is a fair point here that I that the cost of what uh, basic pedals might be going up the cost of living is going up you yeah. know I, I don't know um but at the same time i think getting into pedals is cheaper than it's ever been if you are you i could definitely say that like if you are looking to get into pedals for cheap uh you can definitely do it a lot cheaper now because you know boss even when i was young like is still like a hundred and something bucks for most boss pedals. Yeah. And you account for inflation, like all boss pedals should be like 250 bucks now based on like, you know, late nineties pricing. Um, and they're not, there's a lot of pedals, a lot of boss pedals that are still, you know, like you can go buy a DS one for 40 bucks still same for like an SD one and things like that. Yeah. Um, there's all kinds of, uh, you know, original style pedals, you know, two streamers, mm-hmm. fuzzes, things like that. Simple analog pedals that you can still get for dirt cheap, all sorts of brands, all sorts of varieties. You don't have to, you know, it's it's my job over here to constantly be covering like the newest thing. You can go buy all the old stuff used. Can you, know? you can. And a lot of it is not expensive. So I don't know. I, I think it's easy if you, 
if you're plugged into the guitar pedal news cycle, right. To be like, Oh my gosh, all pedals are $400 now. And I have to buy a MIDI switcher and then I have <laughs> to get, you know, the right patch cables and stuff like that. No, you can still do it the way that we yeah. did it in the nineties. You can buy, you can go to the pawn shop and buy a $40 phaser because you've never had one before. And, and I do think there is, I think there is something to, maybe it's a little bit of FOMO. Maybe it's a little bit of, you know, shiny new toy and it's on the internet now. Oh, sure. You know, like the people who did get in on the, on the boss, uh, tone bender thing, like they they've got a thing that they can go into boss fan groups and be like, look what look I got. got. Look what I got dorks. I honestly, I really, I still want that little box set that boss put out. That oh. was the, the reissues of the original three pedals yeah. with the silver screws and everything like that. I think that's like, if I was going to get a collectible boss thing, mm-hmm. like I think that would be the one because it's just some, there's something cool about the whole package. But then like, I have to ask myself, do I play them or is it just right. like a collector's thing? You know, I don't know. Do you play them, dude. You I would gotta, play them. You got to play them. I would play them. Yeah. A special board. For but it. do I Velcro them? Oh, funny story. <laughs> JHS. I was, I kept putting the $500,000 clone into shots and or i'd use it in videos i turned it over whatever lunatic had it before josh put the soft velcro on the bottom what how is he how's he asking five hundred thousand dollars for that thing it's got the soft velcro on the bottom did are you sure he didn't put it did you ask him no he no i commented on it and he's like i know i know (laughs) (laughs) that's great that's great it's the number. It's the number two clone. It's the old, the first clone to go into production, and some lunatic. Oh my gosh! Put giant patches of soft Velcro on the yeah, bottom. Not, not the hard loop. You put the hard loop on the bottom of the pedals. They probably won, like because whoever owned it before Josh Scott probably bought it off. You know, freaking Bill Finnegan off the lo- whatever his local newspaper classifieds was. Uh, hey guys. Oh, it's got to be five lines. Handmade. Distortion pedal from Bill. Call number, 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 number. That's it. That was he's like twenty five dollar ad of the newspaper. Run it for six months. <laughs> no, what it is is they got it and they're like, oh, this pedal's so big, it could be a pedal board. And they flipped it over and they put other pedals on the bottom. <laughs> That's the dumbest thing you've said tonight. <laughs> and I've said a lot of dumb things. All right, let's uh, first ad. Yeah, let's do this out. This was sent to us by somebody, uh, Jason Welch. Uh, it was posted on the Facebook group. It is a Telecaster style electric guitar, custom, the good, the bad, and the ugly theme Telecaster style electric I guitar, mean, one of a kind, fifteen hundred dollars in Chicago, in Clinton, Illinois. Custom built, hand tooled, leather covered Telecaster style guitar with a Clint Eastwood movie theme. One of a kind guitar that looks, plays, and sounds great. Details Alder body with hand tooled leather cover and pick guard, rosewood neck, fender noiseless, in three pickups, four way switch, standard Telecaster wiring, pickups in series in front position, CTS 250. Man, the details. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Goto tuners, Colt 45 switch tip. Let's just look at the pictures, man. The pictures tell the story. Uh, So this is, I've actually been kind of like, I like the look of guitars that have the full leather wrap with the stitching on the edges and Mm -hmm. stuff. I think it's a neat look that kind of like Elvis era sort of look. Uh, I'm sure it doesn't do amazing things for your tone, but this is a fully decorated leather wrapped Telecaster style guitar. And I think the art on it is decent. Like I definitely, you know, you see the characters that are being called out in the, you know, the impressions on the guitar. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you got Clint Eastwood on the lower bout mm-hmm. of the Telecaster. You have uh, what's his name? The bad. Uh, Mon- no, the, the ugly. You have the ugly. Monko in this one with his neck and a noose on the pit guard. Yeah. And uh, the bad, I'm assuming, is on the. Oh yeah, it's the whole the good, the bad, the ugly I'm- poster on the back. I do have to say the I just saw the neck plate. <sighs> Badass! <laughs> it's the silhouette. It's a little of, cringe. Oh, Clint Eastwood. Not. Even, I don't think that silhouette is even from the Good and the Bad, the Ugly. I think that was from that, Hi, High Plains Drifter. I think it is High Plains. You're right. I think. You're so right. we got it. We got a mixed thing going on here. The, honestly, 
the revolver art. The 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 revolver engraving in the leather in the front is is pretty good. There's a lot of fun. I don't know if fun's right. There's a lot of neat little. I think all of the the six shooter knobs, the bullet switch tip uh, along the upper bout. I like the upper edge where there's the bandolier bullets. Yeah, I think that's fun. I think that's a fun detail. I think the, the extra le- like the extra bullet stuck in his rivets, and I think the knobs as revolver uh, uh, barrels is, is that called a barrel. What's the revolver part called? The not the. What do you mean not the barrel? It's it's, it's like where the you handle. The, no, where no. you slide the bullets into in a revolver. Is that it's just the, called a revolver? So, I don't know. I don't. So anyways, I don't think those like themed knobs and the switch tips are cool. I think that's a step too far into novelty kitsch sort of thing. But I like the bandolier al- along the top edge because it's it's not something that you buy. It's something that the craftsman made. I'm kind of on the fence about Clint on the front and, you know, the guy in the noose. I wish I could remember the actor's name. Um, yeah. Uh not Van Cleef. Van Cleef's the other guy. Yeah, he's the he's the bad. I'm talking about the ugly. I know. I mean, the, the Clint Eastwood doesn't even have a name in those movies. <laughs> At least I don't think so anyway. It's like he's a nameless character. Well, it depends on the movie, right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think in this one, he is... He doesn't have a name. Uh, Eli Wallach. Eli Wallach. Eli Wallach was so, the actor. I think it's Tuco a little, is the one in this movie. It feels a little weird. How I I wish it was a different scene than him with his neck and a noose. Right. Like it just feels. It's a little. It's a little. It's a little grim. Grim. Uh, spoiler: He doesn't. He doesn't die. He doesn't die. Uh, well, you know. Then. Uh, and I well, I got into a whole thing with someone recently about whether or not the. The trilogy is a true trilogy, and people try to say like, "Well, it's like Indiana Jones, where the tr- it's a trilogy, but it's out of order." I'm like, I think it's just stories, and they just hired the same actors over and over again. Mm. That's how no, I feel you, about I it. I think it's a tr- it's not a true trilogy in that you could watch them as standalones and not be lost. I think it's a because they trilogy. are standalone stories. Oh, okay. So in the first movie, his name was Joe. Okay. He was Monko in the second movie, a few dollars more, and he was Blondie in this one. Well, those were just like that's what people pet, called him. Pet names in it. Here's my take on this. What does it say? Every gun makes its own. I don't. I You're can't. reading the engraving on the yeah. ba- on the back. Every gun makes its own tune. What's that? Sure. Uh, here's my thought on this. This guitar is themed the good, the bad, and the ugly. But this guitar is actually the ugly, the ugly, and the ugly. <laughs> you don't think there's any good? You don't think there's bad in here? <laughs> I think there's good in it. I think there's certainly bad there's in a, it. There's a little bit of good, but I think it's outweighed by the bad and the ugly. Okay, I'm going to say the good. I like the leather wrap. I like the stitching on the edges. Yeah, I even that li- is also my good. I like, I like the bandolier detail on the upper yeah. edge. I even like the revolver. I think that's fun. Uh, I think the ugly is the guy in the noose. I think Clint on the front is ugly just because it's kind of a weird face he's making and he's just poking out the side. It seems like almost a joke. Like, hey, here I am. I think the good or the bad, the ugly engraving on the back is Mm -hmm. fine. I think that kind of pulls it together. I think that is a good that is from the good, the bad. and the Oh, it is. Uh, I think the neck plate is unnecessary. I like, think it, I think if it was just the image, it would be fine. I think the inclusion of badass is no, so cheesy. I kind of don't like photo engraved neck plates. I think that's. I think that's. Would cheesy. you have put? Would you have put something else there, like a different? Here's what I would have done. You take that neck plate out mm-hmm. to the desert or wherever the woods. And you mm. you fire a single bullet hole into the middle of it. You there use you it go. for target practice, and that's your theming. You don't photo engrave it. You you shoot it with a gun. Yeah, and that would be cool. Um, I don't know. This guy wants a bunch of money for it. I'm not sure like it's worth fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah. On the headstock, it says Spaghetti Western Telecaster. I, I kind of like that. That's a that's. I don't know if it's a good detail, but it's. I wouldn't say it's bad or ugly. I never imagine. 
Telecasters being used, actually any American guitar brand being used in spaghetti Western mm, soundtracks. That's fair. Like if you're going to make a spaghetti Western soundtrack with a guitar, you're going Italian guitar. Mm-hmm. You know, at least you're going a European guitar. Like you bring a Burns in there with this funky vibrato and those, you know, Burnsy pickups and stuff like that to get that crazy, slightly out of tune thin and brittle sort of sound that's like wavering and you can hear like the string scratching on the frets and stuff like that. Yeah. A Telecaster's a stereotypical country guitar, right? But it's not a spaghetti Western guitar. I'm going to go out there, go out on a limb and say, I'm just disappointed that this is for, this is for sale in Clinton, Illinois, because Clinton, Illinois is in central Illinois. Okay. And I was hoping Clinton, Illinois, would be located in Illinois' East Woods. Oh, my gosh. Shut up. (laughs) First sponsor? Uh, Yeah, this week's first sponsor is Big Ear Pedals. Pedals. We got the loaf right here. Yeah. It's named after a thing bunnies do. Yeah. When they lay on the ground, it's called loafing. They've got other pedals. They got the woodcutter. It's named after a thing that lumberjacks do. It's also named after a tag that gets put into some very I desirable know, rat pedals. They have some other pedals that are named after other things. Or maybe it's called the woodcutter because you sh- it, we should be referring to, to, to tone as timber, which is another name for wood. Mm, so you're like cutting your tone. That's an interesting point you've got you're there. You're cutting Ryan. your cone, your, your tone, you're cutting your timber with the woodcutter. Think about that for a while, guys. Instead of having you listen to Taylor Swift last for last week's episode, I should have had you listen to Kesha. That, <laughs> well, there's always that would be fun. There's always next week, Steve. It's your turn to pick the album for All right, next week. I'll pick an album next week. Uh, so yeah, go check out Bigger Pedals. They've been helping out the show forever. Uh, uh, Bigger Pedals is sponsoring my Roadcase content right oh, now. Nice. So go watch all that and send a thank you to Bigger Pedals for making really cool pedals and being a good friend to us and to you and the show and supporting the content that you love here on 60 cycle hum. So what's new, Ryan? What's new? Indeed. Oh, I've got a whole box of stuff here. Oh, that's right. Some of it's for you. Some of it's for me. Uh, we got gloves in here. This is all from Hosa. They hit me up and like, Hey, we made all this personal protective equipment. Can we send it to you? And of course I said yes, because I just tend to say yes to everything that Hosa wants to send me because they make good stuff. So I got some gloves here. I didn't know what size gloves I wear. And I just told them I'm kind of big, so I don't know, large. This is a good size. This is the size I think I would I would get for me. Large. Let me see how my hand fits. I actually fits. just bought some work gloves. Interest, not uh, some like work around the house. They're a little heavier duty than this, but yeah. That fits me. It feels like I could use a little tiny bit of room at the tip of my fingers, but if I'm working, like you yeah. want, you don't want a floppy glove. You want it to be on your fingertips. You know, and these are actually designed so they're super. They're actually on the thinner side. They're more breathable. They, they're very flexible. This and is like grippy. a work work on your car glove. This is a. They describe them as audio video work gloves. What? Um, they have full finger grip with touchscreen tips. So the little leathery oh, wow. looking suede tip on the here, on the index and middle finger. Well, let's test it on the i on the yeah, iPad. Put it on that iPad. What do you know? It works. That's cool. Yeah, right. I don't I don't own anything like this. Mine works great too. Oh, well, you're using a stylus. Wait, why is it not working? I don't know <laughs> because you're using a stylus that doesn't charge. Also, I just charged this last night. Dude, oh, you know what? I think. Anyway. It's not it's not synced. Uh they have this handy glove stuff, which is like a spray on glove protecting thing. Like you spray it on your hands and it forms a barrier. Yeah. Uh they also have masks. I wish I had had these when I flew a week ago. I have a Hosa logo oh, mask. Cool. There's one for you, Steve. Nice. Um got some Gobi Lab stuff in here. A hand sanitizer. And a microphone sanitizer. It's apple scented, Steve. And oh. the go- and the hand sanitizer is eighty percent alcohol. Here's that a hand scrub. Fun. It's got natural beads of jojoba and walnut. So yeah, if you guys need personal protective equipment that's made by 
people making musical equipment. Go check out the hoses stuff. It looks, it looks a good lot to me. of this. Like I said, I you know, you kind of it seems a little silly, but if you're hand if you're doing like stage setup, especially like for our church is doing a lot of outdoor stage, right? Or we were, and you're just uh, like and you're wrapping doing cables, cables a lot, all like, day long. They get freaking filthy. Yeah. So something like this would be perfect for that. Yeah. Cool man. Or all kinds of other work, hard work that you need to do. Next time I go and do like a like a travel video shoot, like a commercial video shoot, I'll probably bring those gloves because yeah. you, you, your hands do get wrecked. Yeah. Like like carrying around C clamp stands and stuff like that, and you know cranking down you know all the little things that you need to do. It's very physical. Like video work can be very physical, in a way that you might not expect. It's kind of blue collar at times. Yeah. So yeah, I'll I'll be definitely throwing those in a drawer and remembering them when I need to go do that work again. Cool. So thank, thanks, Hosa. That's our what's new. Uh, what do we do now? You want to do another ad? Yeah, we could do another ad. Let's well, do another ad. Last episode went went long. Maybe we'll go short on this one. I'm fine with that. Uh, are we doing Felix? Yep. How much do you know about Felix the cat? Uh, I know he is a cat. Meow. Basically, I watched Felix cartoons when I was a kid. I don't really remember a lot about him. I wonder which version of the Felix cartoons you watched. The like the 30s version. Oh, really? You watched the 1930s version, like black and white silent? Well, I I think because I definitely like in my head, I associate Felix the cat with like Betty Boop. Okay. All right. Am I getting this confused with something else? No, no, that's 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 a time period. Like there's there's Felix the cat that is like pre-Disney and kind of invented the style that Disney ended up ripping off. Like mm-hmm. the, Mickey Mouse is essentially a rework of Felix the cat. Right. Um and then Disney leaned hard into the technology to uh ha- include audio. Mhm synced music and synced vocals and stuff in cartoons and Felix did not catch that wave yeah and kind of fell into obscurity when Felix leading up to that moment was the cartoon animal mm-hmm. like he was it like if you had asked anyone then like oh which one's gonna be the most famous cartoon animal of all time they would have said Felix for sure because he laid like the groundwork for a lot of that stuff but there's been like I want to say like four or five different versions of Felix cartoons over the years as different, huh. different people own the property. Um, but I think this is fun. It has a, it has a trademark stamp on the headstock. This is 2010. So this is like 11 years. Yeah. This is past uh, when it was licensed. This is $350. Do you know anything about this brand? I know nothing about this brand. Uh, the thing that I think is fun fun about it is that they came up with a custom and it's this photo is so poor quality it's hard to tell they came up with a custom wiggle stick a whammy bar that is felix's tail that's really cool which is saw that super duper cool it is like one of the main characteristics of felix the cat is this a gold one of those goldfish guitars it kind of looks like one is that his tail is like a multi-purpose become anything he want sort of thing so to have a custom whammy bar that is shaped like his tail mm-hmm. is so deeply on brand for Felix that I'm actually really impressed by that. Like they did not cheap out here. They could have just put any whammy bar in there and they went for the tail. So I think that's cool. Like, he, you know, Felix cartoons are very surreal and abstract in their cartooniness. Like he would completely rip off his tail and like turn it into a whip and then slap it back on or like turn it into a walking cane or all sorts of stuff, you know, like, it was this removable object that could become anything that he needed to be in that he needed it to be. I'm so con- I'm looking at other guitars from this brand. I'm very confused. Uh, oh, there's a Felix Vibratail bass. Let me see. It's $500. It's like kind of the same thing. Does it actually have a Vibratail? I don't think no, so. it has no tail. Don't tell me there's a Vibratail bass and there's no tail on it. Like they didn't even, you know, include a picture of his tail. But that shape is fun. Yeah. <laughs> I like the shape of that bass guitar. <laughs> I like the top and bottom horns on it. It's got a fun shape. But it's like Felix says 
he's fallen on rough times. I think everyone is familiar with the image of him, mm-hmm. but I don't think anyone's actually familiar with, you know, I mean, talk about gatekeeping, name your three favorite Felix cartoons. Oh you know? <laughs> yeah. I couldn't read. I'm, I just, I have a memory of watching. I don't have a memory, like anything specific. I just wonder if there's, you know, obviously this thing was licensed in 2010. That's what it says on yeah. the headstock. It makes me wonder if, how many of these have sold? Is there anyone out there who's like, oh my gosh, a Felix guitar? I love Felix the cat. Like, I think it's just like, oh, I kind of recognize that character. I, I, I can't imagine someone committing even 350 bucks to a guitar because they vaguely recognize a character. And I, you know, I know about them because I, you know, love animation and I'm, you know, an art nerd or whatever. But I can't see most people being like, I've just got to have that Felix the Cat guitar. I think if there was a feel like a true Felix the Cat fan out there who played guitar, they wouldn't buy this. They would just put a Felix decal on the guitar that they already love. This is story. The story is just weird. So these aren't licensed guitars. What? Oriolo guitars is owned by Don Oriolo who is the current CEO of Felix the Cat Productions, Inc. Well, he didn't build the guitars. He's having them produced. Right, but I'm saying, like, he... It's his name on the guitar. That's interesting. Like, this isn't, like... Like, and it's... Literally, apparently, like, he he owns Felix the Cat. Huh. So it's not... I'm saying Ori, it's not Oriolo Guitars is licensing the Felix... That's his trade... That is his, is trademark. his trademark. That is actually very that's, interesting. That's the way I'm reading it. Anyway, um, and you know, they have other, they were featured in Rolling Stone, December, 2010. I don't know anything about this guy. Apparently they have some artists. Well, that would explain why he went into the detail of including the tail whammy bar. Also, I kind of want to, can I buy that whammy bar just to have a flat metal style whammy bar on a strat trim? No, <laughs> that they, would be they fun. They have accessories. Is that one? They have Felix picks. They just have some other art. That's it. Maybe this is his way of maintaining the copyright or the trademark to Felix. It it's like be. you have to have it. You have to currently be selling stuff to maintain the, the copyright or whatever. It's like, well, there's a picture of Scott Stapp holding. One. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Wait, are his arms wide open? No, they're wrapped around the guitar. Uh, I guess that's better for showing off a guitar. There's buddy. Here's buddy guy with one. No way. I mean, it looks like basically this guy just photographs people holding photographs him. people holding the guitar, but still, <laughs> it's a three four size uh, three four size guitar. Well, there's a full size and a three fourth size. So this one is the this is the I think the full the one that you have pictures of. I think is the full oh, okay. size one. Interesting. Yeah, this is of course of course there's Rick Nielsen with one. Oh, of course. <laughs> he probably owns like 3 of them. <laughs> <laughs> and I wouldn't be surprised if he's actually like <laughs> like a fan. Of there Felix. but there are some other so there are some other designs. I'll go back to their uh pro series. They don't have prices on them. Uh but what do you think about that Whoa. body style? Oh. This there, guy's not joking around with the weird stuff. Yeah, so basically it's like this guy's an artist. He owns the Felix the Cat design. And then he was been like sketching. I guess he like sketched a few different guitar designs and took them to the art department and was like, let's make this a thing. This is a crazy semi-hollow. Yeah. That is bonkers looking. It's called the Marcus. Damn. It's very, very different. There's also a Marcus based. Oh no, Dark Star based, right? Yeah. And a Dark Star. It's the Darth Vader of guitar. <laughs> I mean, they're on brand for Felix though. Like that is interesting. I mean, it's essentially like if they're, you know, they did someone did make a Rat Fink line yeah. of guitars. Like this is the 19, you know, 30s version of a Rat Fink character where it's like very out there, very uh wow. Wow. Okay, I need to know more about this brand. <laughs> I have got some crazy shapes. I've never heard of them. It looks like there's nothing updated on that website later than like 2016. Wow. Uh, but they kind of like, I wonder where you would buy these from. Look at that. Yeah. That big, big, big pink burst thing. And it's got a Floyd Rose on it. 
Yeah, 2016, these probably were out of the news just as we were becoming more and more aware and yeah. starting the podcast, you know? Well, and it's such a weird space. It's like probably nobody, no one in like the circles that we run were like, hey, you guys, uh, you guys want a Felix the Cat guitar? You guys want a pink sparkle burst? I kind of want that pink Yeah, guitar. but it, <laughs> I'm saying nobody was sending us that stuff. Wow. Oh yeah, it was it was years of us podcasting before we were on the map for any manufacturers to send us stuff. Those acoustics are wild too. Yeah, they're like kind of funky. What's that company that kind of does the the parlor size blues guitar? You're gonna have to get more specific than that, Steve. No, I'm saying like there's like a there's like a few couple big ones like that. It's like Regal. Is Regal one of them? There's the one that Andy has. You know, your arch enemy. Right, right. Uh, I, I can't remember the anyway. name of it. I'm going to have to look more into that brand. That is wild. Yeah. You can get this rockabilly guitar with decal, $820. We don't have another topic, do we? There was, a, there was like a little question that someone asked, I think. Oh, it was the timber thing. Why do we say tone instead of timber? I already referenced it a we little bit. I already made a joke about that. I made and a then joke. I, then I rolled that into to Kesha. It doesn't matter. The topic's not neck anyway. Uh, the topic not neck now. <laughs> uh, then what's next is our sponsor spot for Chase Bliss Audio. Chase Bliss Audio. If you want to pedal more creative than you are, head on over to chaseblissaudio.com. Ryan's going to show off the thing that he got that you can't actually buy right now because the second run hasn't come out. That's right. I got the Bliss Factory here. Bliss Factory. I still have not tried it. I mean, we're recording the same session as last week, so of course I haven't tried it yet. Yeah. Uh, but I'm really looking forward to it. I'm excited to have it. I used my own money. Not show money, not, you know, I didn't, I didn't beg for this or anything. I, I used my money to buy this. Well, you also bought it off of a listener. I did buy it off of a listener. I'm excited though. I'm excited to have some fun with this. Do I film the first time I have fun with it or do I just, do I learn how to use it and then film that? That's the question. I, I can't wait to plug an expression pedal into it. I can't wait to get into the little slider switches on the top. Like you get it yourself, you get yourself a Chase Bliss pedal. It's hours, days, years of discovery Months. of what it can do. A lifetime of discovery with all those little switches on the back. The results are endless. Just endless billions of combinations across Chase Bliss pedals. That's why we say for pedals more creative than you are, Chase Bliss Audio. And better looking too, honestly. So go check out Chase Bliss Audio. Support them because they've been supporting this show for years and years and years. And you love this show. You love this content. It's the old PBS pitch to keep this content going. Go support our sponsors. It's not Siemens. It's Chase Bliss Audio. <laughs> All right. We're going to, we don't have anything set, but I'm going to grab back a couple things out of here. Uh, Sheldon Ends wants to know, what would you guys look like without beards? When's the last time that you were clean shaven? Uh, when I did that spoof of of Pro Guitar Shop. So it's uh, it's actually fairly recent. Well, that was a couple of years ago. Right, but I don't think I've been clean completely clean shaven since. But like, you've buzzed pretty short. I've buzzed pretty short, but never so short that someone would be like, "You don't have any beard." Like I'm saying, the last time the last time I took a razor to this face. Oh yeah, well it's been forever since I shaved, well, like, shaved. But I've I've busted my beard down pretty close to skin. Uh, I think the the question there is like, if we lose our beards, are we jawless wonders, or do we still maintain most of our face? You know. Um, I mean, I, you can kind of tell. I'm kind of jawless. I think you can tell where your jaw is. It's not like you're. It's not like you have a long beard. Yeah. It's not a That's mystery true. of what's going on here. Like my that, my beard's right on my jaw. It's not, you know. There's uh, the, what's his name, Rhett. There's a not a guitar YouTuber, but like oh, Rhett from Rhett and Brett and Link. Right, right. And he has this big old beard, and someone figured out like where his actual jaw is, and it, like right. it broke people's hearts on the internet. I don't think you're gonna get that with us. It's our you know, our jaws are right there. Yeah. Uh, the thing that you're not mine definitely adds a lot of definition to the exactly. edges of my face. You it accentuates where the jaw is. And if like if I when mine's pretty trimmed right, mine's pretty rounded right now. But if I were to like, I do usually at times will grow to a little longer in the front, and it right. really like squares things off where my oh, face sure. isn't square. But we both have like 
the neck that meets the bottom of our chin thing going on. Like right. if I do like a big laugh like this, like it would be double chin right now. Oh yeah. You'd see the, you'd see the, the, the bag. That's why I wear a beard. So like to hide my double chin. Yeah. If you've got, you know, a beard is a great, you know, kind of a aesthetic accessory for a man. It gives you a jawline you didn't have. It could make your jaw bigger. It could just make you look like you have a bigger head. I don't need that, but it does do that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know. What do you guys think about our beards? Do you think it's okay that we have beards or how are much, you against how it? How big of a donate, how big of a, uh, how big of a Google, uh, uh, YouTube, a super chat, super chat. Would it, would you need to, sh to shave during like, it'd be like if somebody super chats this amount, you will run upstairs and grab a beard trimmer wow. and, and do it like do a no take a no clip. I feel like I should let my wife set that amount. Ooh, that's a great point actually. Because she's the one who has to look at me the rest of the time and she's the one who prefers the beard more than yeah. everyone else. She yeah. she does not want me to be beardless. No, that's a good point because uh I'm pretty sure if if I were to come home and my wife is like, "Where's your beard?" and I was like, "Well, I we were live streaming." <laughs> And we said, we did it for a podcast. We said if anybody super chats a thousand dollars that we would shave our beards and somebody did it. So I've got $500 and no beard. I don't, I don't know if that $500 is enough money. You don't think so? I don't, I, I think, think my wife, I think my wife would be fine with it for 500 bucks because it's like, we don't have to regrow a full beard for it to retake our face. Like a week of growth is that's true it's fine that's true it's fine it's it's back after a week it's back that's true you know it's not that huge of a deal i feel like a thousand is i would too high. i'm tempted i would tempt i would message her right now except then she would think i had already done it <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so um i don't know i feel like i feel like 200 bucks each like so 400 dollars total for us both to shave i think would be in the realm of reality. But again, we have to ask our wives yeah. what they think. What does your wife think? What does, does a, my that wife was an old think? Bit. Yeah, very old, or an original an first original couple episodes. OG bit. bit. Yeah. Uh, Go back uh, to the beginning Michael Krause asks, or says, otters are out, moose are now in, pros and cons. What's that? What is that? So I was telling the, the live stream the other night oh, on the 69420 episode that my, my wife wants to see a moose in yeah. real life. And she's pissed that there's no mooses in our local zoo. Um, my, this is my request. If you live in an area that has mooses in a zoo, mm -hmm. let me know. I want to figure out where the closest mooses are. And if there's a moose close enough to us, maybe I'll figure out a way to get my wife over to see a moose in person. Because she wants to see a the moose. The Minnesota Zoo has a moose. Minnesota's so far away, though. There's got to be like a moose... I, we don't have one here, but maybe like an LA zoo or like something like that. Or somebody asked Arizona somebody zoo. Asked I don't know. Quora. Why haven't I seen a moose in a zoo? Uh, somebody said they've been to over 120 zoos and it's rare to see a moose. <laughs> what is this? A zoo fan? I guess. <laughs> um, oh, apparently uh, it's really hard to feed them. Like moose don't. Where eat. is the closest moose? Probably oh, in it's Wyoming. all moose lodges. It's probably in Wyoming, man. <laughs> uh, Siri didn't give me a, an animal moose. They gave it. She gave me moose lodges. That's funny. <laughs> um, I feel like I'm trying to remember if I saw a moose in Yellowstone. In my brain, I did. I have a memory. Well, of I it. think that's the real thing to do is to you know go on a camping trip to somewhere where mooses actually exist, so my wife can see a moose. I heard this crazy thing in maybe somebody was talking about it on that chat that in Europe they don't they call elk moose. Well, they should stop. Is that am I getting that right? Well, I think you could say use moose as a term like the way you use bull as a term. To be like that that gender or that style of that okay, animal. Okay, this is what it is. This is what it is. The Eurasian moose. Uh huh. Moose talk, guys. It's called an elk. Oh. So the North American elk, which is also called the wapiti, in like in uh you know First Nations tongue or uh -huh. whatever, uh, 
is what we call elk, but in Europe, what they call an elk is what we call a moose. I see. You guys are weird. It's like say a it's like a about. chips. It's a chips versus fries yeah. problem. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Something about In and Out. Five guys don't care. Why are so many? Why are so many boomers confused about my marketplace ad selling a J base neck? <laughs> my well, comment was, "Well, did you post it as a PDF? <laughs> can I see pictures of the body? Wait, is it just the neck? You don't show the body in the photos. I'd like to see the body." Will you ship the base to XYZ for half your ass? <laughs> I, I actually see that a lot like where it's the opposite, where somebody will only be selling a, a body. They're like, oh, selling strap body, but they have a picture of the full guitar. And it's like, well, what exactly are you selling? Right, here? right. My, my favorite joke that people do is when they see an ad and they're like, how much for the couch? <laughs> and they just try to make offers for other things that are in the pictures. Yeah. Uh, what guitar models, brands, or gear? This could have been an opener. Oh, man. I didn't see this topic until now. Do you think Gen Z will kill off Whoa. because they won't have an interest in it? Someone said Gibson. I actually have heard that Gibson is very popular with Gen Z in certain parts of the country. Yeah, I think Gibson will survive because uh, it's got it's got the brand recognition and stuff. Um, man. Oh, I think BC Rich is... On tough times. I think that's already happened to BC Rich. Yeah, I think there's certain brands that are basically without a serious infusion or just giving up. Like right. if BC, I, I could see BC Rich lasting a long, gosh, this sounds so negative and such a hatery thing to say. I could see BC Rich lasting a while, if a while longer, if they go like the Dean route. Well, they basically severely cut back operations and only sell in mom and pops. Uh, the current version of BC rich, someone bought them up and is doing high end builds with them, which mm. is great. Just great. Like higher end build built BC riches can be amazing. And sure. it's, it's actually within the spirit of the original instruments. But I feel like they're, if you need it to survive Gen Z, mm -hmm. you've got to lean into the novelty of them and do something ironic and wacky with them. You know, like you've got to make it like <laughs> Billie Eilish is playing at BC Rich now. Isn't that crazy? Well, so you know, I, I like, will, oh, this, will, no this noise band is playing BC Rich now. I Isn't will that crazy? say, it, the, and um, as of recording, this hasn't happened yet, but uh, Phoebe Bridgers is going to be on SNL. She will have already been on SNL when uh -huh. people hear this. And I kind of like have to wonder is she going to play her BC rich because she plays a freaking BC rich. Which model? Um, it's like some jank BC rich bronze. <laughs> like, I think it's, that's fun. I don't know what model it is, but it's like definitely a, a low end. Like I could see old bronze and, you know, platinum BC riches becoming the Tysco of a future generation. We're like, look at this crazy guitar. She I'm, totes gonna play it she you know? plays a uh a bc rich warlock there you go and like i said i'm pretty sure because i've watched this particular live footage it's from phoebe bridgers live at red rocks uh she plays it for it, a couple like a few songs two or three songs i want to say and i'm pretty sure at one point they have a close-up but yeah if you zoom in on the headstock that's the bronze series yeah which is like was like the 150 dollar and she's playing freaking be bedroom pop Right, right. Like you want to talk about someone and one of the other topics and one of the other uh, suggested topics was like, you know, fish out of water, effect, you know, the BC Rich surf guitar. Right? That was right, an right. idea you had for a long time. And that's kind of that like that. It's both like of the fish out of water, but it kind of makes sense because it's a cheap guitar that you might get as your first guitar. And actually, and you're making bedroom pop. Those those guitars have super flat, fast necks on them. They're yeah. easy to hold and play because they were made to be like, oh, here's a budget shredder. And what you get with that is a fairly decent playing cheap guitar because it was made to like approximate a really like high performance guitar. It doesn't hit that high performance mark because it's budget, but it ends up being a playable guitar because it was trying to get close to being high performance. You know? Right. So I think there's something there to that. 
I don't know how we ended up on this topic, but here we are. Let's hit the last ad. And let's do some housekeeping, man. Housekeeping, all right. And then get uh, out of here after the last this ad. This is the time in the show where we uh, give a big shout out to everyone. Hey. All, all of you good folks who have followed us over at Patreon. Uh, Patreon.com says 60 Cycle Humcast. If you want to support the show, find, help support the show financially for as low as a dollar a month, you can sign up there. And actually, if you sign up for a year, you could sign up for a year at eleven dollars. Oh, yeah, save, save a save a month, save a dollar so, or two. Uh, you know, it's super cool for for less than a cup of coffee. You can sponsor two white guys in a garage <laughs> who have too many guitars around. Uh, in in all seriousness, we use the Patreon money uh, to fund you know things that we need to buy furniture for this space, travel. Yeah. Uh, resources that we need to run the podcast and the YouTube channel to justify our continued existence on the internet with our parents. It, it pays for, you know, subscriptions that we need to like StreamYard and stuff so we can do live videos. Yeah. Um, it pays for all sorts of stuff like that. It basically means that we don't run this content out of our own pocket. And when money comes in, that we get to put it in our pockets. I, I actually forget about the hosting fees. You mean that up? How much? I don't know how much Streamyard is. Do you, it's twenty five bucks a month. So twenty five bucks a month. So that's uh, like two and a half inner circle sponsorships. So that's like three hundred dollars a year. Yeah, I think uh, Podbean, who's our podcast hosting service, is like thirty bucks a month. Yeah. So that's another, you know, so basically just in general costs, there are hosting usage, usage, we do, you know, six or $700 plus the website. I don't know what our, Oh, it's not much. It's like 25 bucks once a year or something like that. Even for the, even for the server space. I I thought the, anyway, it doesn't matter. Maybe it's a hundred bucks a year. The point is like these things, they're not insignificant, you know, but it's nice to not have to dip into our own pockets to have to do it so no the patreons the patreons keep this show going for sure if 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 we didn't have the patreons then uh you know i would have to be a lot more uh you know tight with the stuff that i do as far as making weekly content around here and especially the podcast content would be probably very different (laughs) very professional and scripted (laughs) maybe we'd be on some sort of podcast network if we didn't have the Patreon. <laughs> and you'd be hearing us pitch other podcasts the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> we'd, we'd be on five podcasts just anyway. Um, <laughs> Maybe this, that'd be a good thing. I don't know. This next ad was sent by Screen Screen Drag Dash 2. No, it's sent by Eric <laughs> Rosenbaum. Uh, this is a 60s Tysco uh, Tulip. Hey, Tysco. There you go. Uh, E110 headless surf guitar. You'll never see another one like it. You promise? <laughs> Up for bid a 60s Tysco tulip, blah, blah, blah. This is what happens when you're a carpenter and break a headstock. Pretty good job. Could be done a little better. It plays decent and the electronics work. I can guarantee you'll be the only kid on the block that has one. Reminds me of the internet famous SG in the last pick. Great for the Tysco collector that has everything. Shipping, who cares? So I think I, I, the reason I grabbed this and decided to do it, I was like, okay, yeah, the headstock broke off and they did the thing where they put the tuners back at the butt end of the guitar. Uh, it works, you know, it's probably fine. And also the top horn, like top bout area of the guitar is snapped off and they mm. did what they could. It actually ends up looking like a fairly modern, like headless guitar in shape. Um, the thing that cracked me up about it is all the labels on the back like there's three labels on the back saying the guy's name like okay we get it ken ken journeyman carpenter with his you could call this guy his phone number is on here it says business card this is like scotch tape to the back this guitar is now in tulsa oklahoma and then it has a paper tag that says property of ken shirill right underneath the business card taped to the back. And then it has a plastic like label made, punched label made sticker that says Ken Shirell. We get it, Ken. We get it. This is your guitar. You don't need to keep labeling it over and over and well, over again. Did you see in this picture, uh, the where, the picture of the tuners, um, there's a basically a string guide for like what size oh, no strings way. to get for this thing. Oh, that's funny. Like... You know, just so you know, there's, yes. there's no one, two, three. There's only a four, five, six. 
This is kind of like how much do they want for this? I don't know. This is, is folk art at this point, though. Three forty. Oh, 340 oh what? No, no. no. <laughs> this was very endearing until I saw the price. No, just at like one seventy five. I kind of want it. <sighs> no, this is the guitar. This is a guitar that you give to someone. That's true. This That's is a guitar true. that like Grant Wilson comes into owning somehow. He's like, I'm going to give this to Ryan because I don't know what to do with it anymore. I have to do. I have to say, I started to phrase that word. I I have to do say, but my good sir, I should I, I should do say. Uh, I really like the the flower patterns that they put on these Tysco mm-hmm. tulip guitars. I think that's really cool. I think the Tysco you're wearing the shirt right now. I think they should put that tulip pattern on on pedals on pedals mm. like on a they should do a special run pedal that has that design on it that'd be cool i really like it like it's very folky in a mid-century sort of way right and i i get that they're trying to do like the gibson hummingbird thing but i feel like they've come up with a look that's almost more charming in a way i don't know and then the the white pinstripe on this is home done by probably ken <laughs> I don't know. I don't think anyone should pay money for this. This is this should be a gift. This should be gifted to someone within the family of Ken Sherrill. Other than that, I've got nothing on it. What if he didn't have anyone? What if you not even a not even a sibling or an uncle or a nephew or something like that? That's true. And you could possibly have no one in this world, and that's sad, Steve. Thanks for you ready to get really out of here? taking us to the end of the episode with a sad thought. Yep. You ready to get out of here? Yeah. All right. This song was sent by Kyle Saloka. He says, Hey guys, so I have a song here. Two things I should immediately point out is that this song is entirely about a singular strain of medicine called wedding cake. And the chorus contains the word that I will not say right now, even though I already marked this episode as an E. Mm. It's up to you guys. If you want to use a song, we're going to use it. If not, totally understand. Oh, we're going to use it. We're going to use it. Uh, this is a simple demo that I did in my basement. The drums are programmed. All the instruments are direct. I used a PV MX VTX amp, which I left on standby and used the effects loop output into a sphere mic, a sphere mic preamp, and then into the DAW. Oh, that's a neat idea. Uh, the slide guitars are an Epiphone Les Paul Jr. modified with a Tele neck pi- Oh, and Tele neck pickup in the bridge. That was just going to be a Tele neck. Yeah, just the uh, neck. Where's the body? Yeah, the rhythm guitar is a parts caster strat. The bass is an old Magnum PJ bass uh, copy direct into a Neve preamp. The keys are an old Krumar Road Racer. I won't bother going into the various pedals and rack units because I can't remember what they were. Hope you enjoy my dumb little song. I clicked on Google Drive. Uh, now it's loading and loading. And we can do this. Together we can make this work. Still loading. I couldn't load the song ahead of time because I had to read the... Oh, hey, guys. While this is loading, make sure you record your <sighs> unscod song. We're going to pick the winner and listen to all of them uh, in uh, April. Last what, day to do what? it. Last day of March, Did you say guys. winner, Ryan? What? Is there a prize? Yeah, I think we're going to do prizes. Ooh. Yeah. So stay tuned for all the details for that. Unscaw my song. Take out all the horns. <laughs> we need to listen. We need to actually listen to that song and learn what the actual melody no, is. No, we don't. We just, do not. Just keeps getting worse. Yeah, you bet. <laughs>
that bass, that groove, I would much rather listen to this than Taylor Swift. Oh my gosh, you still on that? <laughs> no, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> that was kind of like a twisted Sir Duke. I like that a lot. The twisted Sir Duke. Um, it does a jam it. I want to hear that. I know that it's a song about a strain of marijuana, a strain of drug, but like that should be a song that's played at weddings, at wedding receptions. <laughs> Like just oh, like give it, tighten it up, make it, give it that kind of like a, give it that uh, black eyed peas shine production wise to it. What? You got yourself a wedding reception song right there. Everyone's going to dance to that. It's a jam. That was fun. All right. Bye everyone. Stay grounded. See ya.